us from Philippians chapter 1, and I invite you to turn in the Bible there, but the scripture will also be on the screen if you want to just simply read along, you can do that as well. But today we're looking at two passages, a longer one from Philippians chapter 1 and just a couple of verses from Philippians chapter 2. So hear the word of God as Paul writes to the church in Philippi and indirectly to you and me today as well. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's that greeting. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. For whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And then Philippians chapter 2 Verses 12 and 13. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord remains forever. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, we hear a lot of voices, a lot of sounds, a lot of music, even a lot of noise all throughout the week. This is your time. We are disciplining ourselves to be still to be quiet, to listen, to open our minds and to open our hearts that we might hear and receive the still, small voice of your Spirit speaking as a whisper in our hearts today. Make us attentive to your voice. Open our ears. Open our hearts. Open our minds. Help us, Lord, today to receive what it is that you want to bless us with here. This we ask and we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Standing tall in stressful times. For the past five weeks, we here at Grace Church have been on a journey. We have been focused like a laser on growing in God. We recognize the difficult and anxious times that we are living in today. 
And we know that the only way to stand strong and firm in these stressful times is to grow more deeply into Jesus Christ. Like redwoods in a forest, God is calling you and me to stand tall and to rise above the chaos and the nonsense of this world that we might find peace and security and salvation in him. When Jesus was speaking of the end times, he said this in Matthew 24, At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Say it with me. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. To help you stand firm, God has given us five encouraging messages. The first one in this series was entitled Passion for Growth. We looked at your desire to grow. How badly do you want it? The second message was praying for growth. James says you do not have because you do not ask God. Well, let us never be accused here at Grace Church of not asking God for our own spiritual growth and maturity. And even as we pray, we find ourselves growing in intimacy, in closeness with Jesus Christ. Thirdly, we had a message entitled Preparing for Growth, in which I articulated for you several spiritual disciplines, practices that can help further our growth. And like putting up your sail each day and waiting for the wind of the Spirit to blow through to waft us along, to propel us forward in your spiritual growth, there are things that we can do to help further our growth in Jesus Christ. The fourth message in this series was entitled Parenting for Growth. And with the help of Rick Warren, we shared some wisdom about how we can be better parents and how all of us as a church family can help invest in the next generation, raising up godly children and youth for God, passing the baton of faith on to the next generation. Last week, I shared a message entitled Persevering for Growth, and we looked at how God uses growth, uh, uses pain and grief to help us grow deeper in Him. Not always the way that we would prefer, but sometimes it happens. The author of Hebrews says, endure hardship as discipline. Today, our concluding message in the series, praising for growth. How many of you would praise God for your personal growth? How many of you would give thanks to God today for how far you have come? And we may not be all that we should be or even could be, but at least we are not where we used to be. Amen? God is working in you. How many of you would be glad to have, you, you, you would never want to go back and relive all of those years and painful experiences and do it all over again? Anybody here want to go back to junior high or high school? Remember those days? No. You know, a few of you are still there. Sorry. My sympathies to you. No, we're through that now, but we've grown and we've learned we don't want to go back. So let's praise God today, shall we? Philippians 1, verses 10 and 11 indicate that all of our growth in the faith in our lives and maturity toward Christ is for one ultimate purpose. And that is to bring glory and praise 
to God. Amen? That's the point. That God's Spirit would so fill our lives that we would radiate His glory and His praises to those around us. That our whole lives would be a testament to God's working, His goodness, His grace in our lives. And so today, at the culmination of this series, in our concluding message, let us celebrate what God is doing in us and praise Him for the spiritual growth that we've all incurred thus far. And there are three great reasons to praise God for spiritual growth that I want to invite you to take out your outline and fill it in as we go. And the first one is simply this. The first reason to praise God for your spiritual growth thus far <coughs> is because God is working in me. I put it in the first person pronoun to make it more personal. Say it with me. God is working in me. Philippians 1, verses 3 through 6. I thank my God every time I remember you, says Paul. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That is when Christ returns again. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, God is working in you. God is working in you. Now turn to your neighbor and say, God's not finished with you yet. It's true. We may not always feel it or even see it, but God is indeed working in your life. He is working to accomplish his will. Philippians 2, verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Notice it's not necessarily our agenda that's being fulfilled here. It may not be our purposes when they don't align with God. No, God is working in you to accomplish his good purposes. Amen? Amen. As I say, you may not be where you want to be, but at least we are not where we used to be. The road of spiritual growth is very seldom from point A to point B, like a, just a single line. More often, it is zigzags, it's circles going around and round, it's two steps forward, one step back, starts and fits. I mean, it's just all of that, right? This is the nature of our spiritual growth, but God will get you to where you need to be, where he wants you to be. Amen? God isn't giving up on you. Don't you give up on God either. You know, uh, consider what God is already doing and has done in your life. Just a few things from 1 Peter chapter 1, some comforting words. Peter writes, praise be to, there's that word, praise again. We're praising God for the growth that we received. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his mercy, he has what? He has given us a new birth into a living hope. He is born, you are born again in Jesus Christ through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You are given an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven, you have a heavenly home in Jesus Christ who through faith is shielded by God's power 
and it might even revealed at the last time, and in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds. I'll even say amen. I've been suffering some grief in my life, right? We all do. And last week we talked about that more pointedly. And but these have all come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in what? In praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In praise, glory, and honor to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? There are two primary aspects to God's working in you. I invite you to write these down. The first one is this. God's weaning. God's weaning. Okay? God is weaning you off from things in your life that do not belong to him. Things that do not belong to Jesus. Things that are not holy and pleasing to God. Like a child being weaned off from his mother's milk, so too God is weaning you off from childish Dependencies, idolatries, false gods, small g, addictions, and harmful bad habits. 1 Corinthians 13 says, When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. How many of you know God is growing you up to maturity? To manhood or womanhood in Jesus Christ. And even though we may not be fully committed to it, be assured God is more committed to your spiritual growth perhaps than you are. God will do whatever it takes, even when it hurts, to get you <coughs> There are certain things in my life that I go to for comfort, for relief, for soothing. And when God takes those things away, it feels like he's ripping something right out of you. And this is the process that God is doing with all of us. He's weaning us off from things so that he can say, look, you need to love me with your whole heart, mind, strength, and soul. I must be number one in your life. What I have for you, says God, is so much better than all of these substitutes. I don't like this process very well, but it's necessary for all of us. Is there something in your life that God is weaning you off from? A dependency, a, a relationship that's not healthy? A kind of an addiction or even a substance. Uh, maybe it's just a hobby, a good thing, but it's taken the place of God. Maybe it's even replaced worship in your life. God is slowly going to wean you off of those things. Praise Him. Even though it hurts, God is weaning us. He's working in you. And the second aspect of God's working is this. God's waxing. You can say, say what? What are we talking about? Is the God is waxing? Okay. <laughs> God's increasing, okay, waxing and waning, the increase of God in your life. John the Baptist said, I must become less that God would become more. And really, that's all of our testimony, right? 
We want to be blessed that God would shine through more and more in our hearts, in our lives. In fact, God has placed his spirit in you, that you would develop and grow the fruits of the spirit in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the fruits of the spirit, Galatians 5, 22, that God is growing in all of us. And as long as we remain connected to the vine, walking with Jesus, He's going to produce these fruits in your life. A vine connected cannot help but bear fruit. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me, and you will bear much fruit. Praise God that he is growing in you. As your pastor, many of you I have known for several years now. And I can see that God is growing and waxing in your life. Praise Him for that. Praise Him. God is growing in you. It is the mystery described in Colossians 1, verse 27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And maybe the question that we should ask ourselves is, am I a fitting home for the Holy Spirit? Am I a good dwelling for Jesus Christ? Would he be comfortable in my life? Or maybe there are some things that need to be uh, gotten rid of first, that need to be, uh, that I need to be weaned off from. But be assured of this, my friends, that God is working in you. Not only is God working in you, but God is walking with you. Say it with me. God is walking with you and me. Notice a few things from Philippians 1. Verse 1, Paul addresses the letter to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Verse 5, Paul refers to their partnership in the gospel. Paul is speaking to fellow believers here when he writes this letter to the church in Philippi. Paul prays for them, verses 9 and following. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. Say it with me. That comes through Jesus Christ. What Paul understands in all of these statements is the unity that he shares with these fellow believers. And more fundamentally, the unity that all believers share in Jesus. And what Paul says indirectly, I will say directly. It means that God is walking with you. Even as you walk with God, he is walking with you. We are together saints and partners in Christ. Paul is referring to this underlying truth. Now, I don't know about you, but there are times in my life when it feels that God is far away. When no matter how hard I pray or how much I want to feel his presence, it seems that his presence cannot be felt. There are times where for reasons that I do not understand, God tends to remove the feeling of his presence from my life. And there are times where I might cry out to God, God, where are you? Don't you care? Aren't you listening? Lord, how can you let this happen? And probably all of us, maybe you're there right now, have been to this place. But I'm here to tell you this morning 
that your faith is that based on your feelings. Our faith is based on the facts. And praise God, the Bible gives us the facts. Let me just share a few promises, the truth of God's word. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, because of your enemies, that is. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen? He reiterates the same promise in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, the Lord says, As it was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And Jesus comes along and he says in Matthew 28, verse 20, I am with you always to the very end of the age. The truth is, despite your feelings on any given day, mine tend to change outwardly, God is walking with you. In the 23 plus years that I pastored here at Grace Church, I don't think I've ever read this poem because it's so familiar. And uh, we've probably all heard it, but I think it's really apropos. And I'd like to just invite you to think about this poem as I read it for you. Mary Stevenson, Footprints in the Sand. One night I dreamed. I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky, and in each scene I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were sometimes there were two sets of footprints in the sand. Other times there was one set of footprints. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods in my life, when I was suffering from anguish or sorrow or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I have noticed that during the most trying times in my life, there was only one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I needed you most, have you not been there for me? The Lord replied, The times when you have seen only one set of footprints in the sand is when I carry you. I think we've all been in these places. Lord, where are you? But the truth, the fact is, not only is God working in you, but God is walking with you. And thirdly, God is worthy of you. He is worthy of me. Say it. God is worthy of me. How great is our Great is the Lord, and most worthy of praise, says the psalmist in 145. His greatness no one can fathom. Can we just praise God for a beautiful day? Yesterday, just picture perfect. What a great fall day. Today, another one on tap for us to enjoy. 
God is so good. First Chronicles chapter 29 puts it this way. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours, O God. O Lord, yours is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and wisdom and power to exalt and to give strength. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. When was God at his best? Was God at his best in creation? Creating all that is ex nihilo, we say in Latin, out of nothing. Imagine creating all that is out of them, the, the land, the sky, the sea, the waters, the planets, the earth, the stars. It is so wondrous. Surely God was at his best when he created the worlds. No, God was not at his best. Maybe God was at his best in the Exodus story. When he called Moses to Stuttering Moses, in all of his weakness, called him to confront Pharaoh, to go to him, to say, let my people go. The Lord is calling us. We need to go where we can worship our great God. And after all the 400 some years that they were slaves to Egypt, finally, after 10 plagues, Pharaoh's heart is softened and he relents just for a little while. He says, okay, get out of here. Go. And they do. And then he changes his mind and they chase him down out to the Red Sea. And, 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 and Moses is like, oh my goodness, what now? And, and, and uh, you know, we're gonna, people are, we're going to die out here. Moses, we were better off in Egypt. No, he holds up the staff and the, the sea parts and splits and they go through. And you know the story. They go, the Pharaoh's armies are swept in the water. What a powerful display of God's mercy and grace and power. And, and surely that was when God was at his best. No. God was not at his best. It must have been when God came to earth in Jesus Christ. God in the flesh, incarnate. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. And there, behold, this baby, the Son of God, God Himself, here on earth to walk and live among His people. Surely God was at His best. An immaculate conception, a virgin birth. I mean, how could God do any better than that coming to earth as one of us? No. No, God was not at His best. Maybe it was when Jesus healed the sick. When he healed the paralytic, or when he cast out demons, or when he fed the 5,000, or when he calmed the sea, or, or when he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. Surely God was at his best then. No, God was not at his best then. It must be the resurrection. What could be greater than that? Surely God was at his best in the resurrection of Jesus Christ who, who was hung out to die on a cross, crucified, tortured in the worst way possible. 
put in a stone-sealed cold tomb for three days. And then, on the third day, he rises again. It's what we celebrate every Easter morning with great fanfare. What could be greater than this, the greatest miracle of all time, of all history? Surely God was at his best in the resurrection of Jesus from the grave. Amen? Amen. No, God was not at his best. I want to submit to you today God is at his best when he's working in your life. In the work that he is doing in your heart, in your life, bringing you from point A to point B in all of the squiggles and all of the jiggy-wiggy lines and everything else, that God is at his best in his transforming work and power upon you when he changes you from where you used to be to where you are now. You're not where you need to be quite yet, but God will get you there. Just trust him and praise him. Amen? God is at his best when he is taking sinners like you and me, people who are addicted and who need to be weaned off from all kinds of things. And he transforms us into the very image of Jesus Christ. So that when other people begin to look at us, they begin to see that Jesus lives in him. Jesus lives in you. Jesus lives in her. I can see Jesus in you. And so together, we are the only Jesus that some people will ever need. God is at his best when he's working in your heart, in your life, in the work that he's already done. Your salvation is God's work from start to finish. Your transformation in Jesus Christ is God's work from start to finish. Consider what he's done. He has saved you. He has raised you. He forgave you. And the grace of Jesus has poured out upon you. He has blessed you in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Amen. How would you not want to praise God for that? God is worthy of you, of your praise, of your entire life. The only sacrifice that is commensurate with the complete and total surrender and dying and sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for you is your, our complete and utter sacrifice in the giving of our lives back to him. Because God is so worthy of you, of your life. Your life sacrifice, your offering, your time, your talents, your treasures, your utmost devotion and dedication and discipline as together we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it is really God who is working in us. We live in difficult times. Some would say we're living in the end time. We live in times of great anxiety, of great stress, of great division, where the love of many has already grown cold. And false prophets and pundits and politicians are running all over the place. How will we stand strong? How will we stand firm to the end? And it is my prayer that we here at Grace Church will stand strong by being deeply rooted in Jesus. That's my prayer. It's my hope for you, each one. Remember that Chinese proverb. The mightiest oak in the forest was what? 
was, just a little nut who held his ground. <laughs> Maybe Grace Church has a lot of nuts. We're all nuts. <laughs> We're all nuts. But may we stand strong and firm and grow like a giant redwood in the forest to rise above it all. To stand firm and strong to the end that you and I might be saved. Amen? Amen. Lord, we come before you today and we're just Lord, we're Sorry when we're not very serious about our own spiritual growth. We take a lot of proactive steps to further certain areas in our lives. We might get an education or climb the career ladder in our jobs, but uh, Lord, um, sometimes our spiritual life, it just kind of happens willy-nilly. And when we can do it, when we can make it to church, when we can, you know, it feels comfortable to join a Bible study or small group, but Lord, just help us to be dedicated to you and to growing in you in every way that we can. And to be receptive even in those difficult, hard, and painful times of loss in our lives to know that you are still working with us, Lord. Even then, you are weaning us off from things that are harmful to us. Lord, like addicted children, we, we need to go through detox in order that we might fully be alive to Jesus. So, Lord, help us to be all in for Jesus. 100%. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Do your work in our hearts, in our lives. Change us and transform us and grow us deep into Jesus. May this be our ongoing commitment through the rest of this year and into the next, Lord, as we dedicate ourselves in discipline to growing in Jesus. That we might stand tall and bring glory and praise to you. May all the trees of the field clap their hands and shout with joy as we praise your name.